Well, last day at the lake. Well, kind of last morning at the lake. We'll be leaving today. Headed further into Idaho to visit other family and friends. And, and it's back home on Tuesday. That'll be nice. The drive won't, though. It's really hazy out this morning. I was going to do a historical video, but I'll wait till we get to our next location. Um, it was really nice of Yvonne's family to put us up for a few days. It was uh, kind of like being back at camp, complete without house, and sleeping in a trailer, and waking up realizing you're really cold, really have to pee, you really don't want to go outside in the cold to deal with it. But, uh, yeah, it's been nice. Anyways, down to what I actually want to talk about. Hey, it's hockey-related. How about that? The uh, the Canucks. So, there are Canuck fans that, that, that don't like hearing me say that A, I'm a fan, and that B that the team is still not going to be very good this coming season. That it's really easy to put them in last place in the Pacific if you're doing projections. Uh, and it is. They lost the Sedins, who, yes, they were over the hill, but even an over-the-hill Sedin twins is better than some of what the team has to offer outside of that. Which is... Sam Gagne coming off a 10-goal season. Louis Erickson still on that contract that Canuck fans uh, hated a lot faster than I thought they would. I, I knew it wasn't going to be a good contract long-term, but I had no idea he would mesh that poorly with Vancouver. And I don't know if it's injury. I don't know if it's line combinations. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know what it is. Um, but it hasn't been a good fit. And then you look at the blue line, and, and I, I admire Edler for being a long-term Canuck. But if if he's your number one guy in the blue line, that's a problem. And people will mention, well, what about Pedersen? What about Quinn Hughes? Well, okay, Quinn Hughes still hasn't signed his entry-level contract, which caused uh, Dave Pratt to go on one of his rants on TSN. I kind of feel bad for the guy with those because it's like, it's called Pratt's rant, so he, he has to rant. And I, I don't know that that needs to be ranted about that the Canucks haven't signed a guy they drafted last month. They don't have to. They don't have to sign him at all. Uh, they have a couple of years before they have to worry about that. So they can they can leave it, sign his, his entry-level contract next summer if they don't think he's making the team this year, and it might be better for his long-term development. It's kind of where I'm coming from, too. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 45, and I, I've, you know, I'm running out of years to see the Canucks win a Stanley Cup. I'm starting to think it'll ever happen in my lifetime. But, really windy out here today and really hazy. Anyways, um, you know, to me, the, the, the Canucks and, and where they're at, a lot of it had to do with the fact that both Mark Sherman and Nelson had below par seasons. They'd admit that. The, the only problem is that Nelson's not a starter. Um, at best, Nelson's a capable backup. And I don't know that Markstrom's a starter. 
it's it's something that's been bugging me since the Canucks gave Markstrom that three-year extension for roughly $10 million, where I'm like, oh, okay then, but if, uh, if Markstrom ever plays anywhere near that contract... Now, compare... Compare Markstrom's contract to the one Vasilevsky signed, and you go, huh, Canucks are paying more for Markstrom, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a problem. Of course, I, I guess if you want to be an optimist, you can say, yeah, well, Markstrom's extension won't be anywhere near as difficult as, as Vasilevsky's, and then you, you kind of get into the problem. Um, I'm a Canuck fan that's watched mediocrity for a long time. Uh, I've seen half a dozen seasons from the Canucks where they were really truly impressive uh, a couple during the Burry era a couple during the Nasland era and a couple during the Sedin era and other than that they've either been good at best mediocre or at worst abysmal and I'm okay with abysmal abysmal doesn't bother me as long as I see some kind of improvement on the horizon and I do. Like, I talk about this coming season. Like, yeah, Canucks are probably going to finish at the bottom of the bottom of the division. And it doesn't bother me. I don't say it out of spite. I don't say it out of anger. I say it because it's best for the team. One more year. One more year down near the bottom. This year's draft is supposed to be a good one, too. Pick up another top-notch prospect. And then we can start talking about getting better and making the playoffs. Of course, in order to make the playoffs, you have to sign the right guys. And and, and that brings me back to guys like Erickson and, and Gagne. And I'd mentioned Delzato, but I think Delzato's been, been decent for them. Uh, he's had his rough patches too, but that's why guys are free agents. I mean, that's, that's the thing that I've always thought is kind of weird is people will say, oh, this guy we signed as a free agent, he sucks at defense or he sucks at this or he sucks at that. Well, that's why he ended up being a free agent. Your, your fantastic players usually don't become free agents. That's why when Tavares became a free agent and signed in Toronto, everybody lost their flipping minds because it doesn't normally happen. So, again, with, with the Canucks, I, I don't look for a, a quick fix because they haven't had their Austin Matthews. They don't have a Mitch Marner. They don't have a Willie Nylander. They have Bo Horvat. They have Brock Besser. You could argue that, that Besser is the sniper that Matthews has there if he can stay healthy for a season. He can definitely hit 40. Um, you could argue that, that in terms of talent, Marner and, and Horvat are similar. I understand Horvat's the center. But... You know that they they still lack something up front. Pedersen's going to help, but we don't know how much. And it's funny because there are Canuck fans who are ready to ordain this kid as his kid's going to be awesome, and I get the excitement. But until he's suited up in an NHL lineup, I I reserve judgment. It's sort of like the whole Calder Cup argument, and I've been meaning to make a video about it, and I've been saying that for so many weeks now that it's it rings hollow even to me but you know winning a Calder Cup as Toronto did this year with the Toronto Marlies is impressive and it's a sign that you've got a good system but it doesn't always translate to an NHL Stanley Cup it 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 sometimes does often doesn't 
and you know it, it just means that your development system works but there are people who are excited in Toronto I, I get it I get the excitement in Toronto and sometimes that excitement in Toronto pisses off fans of Vancouver because we feel like we've waited just as long we've been just as patient I would also point out though that the Canucks were in the Stanley Cup final in 2011 had teams capable of, of at least making a run in that direction in the late 20 to or late late aughts, I guess. So from 2007 till 2009, of course they missed the playoffs in 2008 due to a complete meltdown in the last three weeks of the year. And then 2012, they still got the President's Trophy, but they almost got swept in the first round, which of course everybody was looking forward to. Who wasn't a Canucks fan? I'd like to see the Canucks build up to being a champion. And in order to do that, sometimes it it requires a lot of pain, especially when uh, the previous GM left you with some some bad contracts and you had an aging roster when you came in. A lot of them on no movement and no trade clauses. Takes a while to dig out of that. And the the one thing, too, that I've noticed, this isn't just Canuck fans, this is all over. So you're looking to trade... Let's throw Tanev out there. And you'll see a fan saying, well, yeah, we're going to trade Tanev, but he's this hes this incredible defenseman. He's so talented, and he's really excellent defensively. Okay, I'm with you so far. I've got you. You're right. He's, uh, he's at least worth a first. All right. Um, depends on where that first-round draft pick lands and how desperate a team is for a defenseman, but okay, and... Well, I was thinking if if we called Toronto, we could get Nylander, and yeah, that's where I'm hanging up on you, because um, that's not happening. Uh, I remember last summer, a lot of Tanev questions and, and answering them with, well, Tanev gets hurt a lot. And there were Canuck fans that said, well, you know, that's A, that's Tanev's game, and B, just because he got hurt last year doesn't mean he's going to get hurt this year. Injury-prone doesn't mean that a guy has a bum knee mean he has a bad ankle doesn't mean he has any one ailment that causes him to miss time very often guys who are injury prone it is just really bad luck when Sammy Sallow's getting hurt in the offseason doing things that aren't hockey related at all and and you know very uncomfortable injuries too I might add it just showed that Sammy Sella was injury prone. There was no one part of his body he kept injuring over and over and over again. He was just injury prone. And once a player has a reputation like that, their their trade value drops significantly. So I think part of where the disconnect between some, and I'm saying some because it's not a majority or even all, not not anywhere near, but some, some fans figure, okay, well, you can trade Tanev and you can improve the team that way. Not necessarily. You might get a second-round pick and a B-level prospect for him. And that might be market value. You can't dictate market value based on what guys would have got you four, five, six years ago. You can't base market value on what you think works for both teams. You can't base market value on what NHL 18 says is going to work. Market value means right now, what is it worth? You, If you lift, list your house six months from now, maybe you get a hundred grand more for it than you would have got now. Maybe you get a hundred grand less. Maybe it's five grand. Maybe it's ten. 
one way or the other. But that's how market value works. May very well be. Jim Benning has said, hey, we'd like to move Tanev. He'd never admit it publicly, but maybe he said it to a GM somewhere in the league. That GM's answered with, well, we wouldn't mind getting a Chris Tanev. He's a good, responsible, defensive defenseman, solid guy. Gets injured a lot, though, Jim. Menning says, well, you know, he's worked on his off-season conditioning, and, uh, you know, that injury's healed up really, really nicely, and we think he's he's set to contribute to your team. The GM's answer? Yeah, but he gets injured a lot, Jim. That injury's healed up, but... You know, he could go on the ice tomorrow and, and, and pull a quad. He could do anything. You just you just don't know. Maybe his Achilles heel will accidentally get snapped somewhere because it's just sort of his luck. And Jim's left dealing from, from a position of weakness and asking himself, is my roster better off with Chris Tanev on the blue line or with whatever they're offering me? You know, one... one uh, comment that I've made before is it doesn't make sense to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade and there are fans who will say oh yeah it does yeah it does sure it does just make a trade okay those are the trades that I think we look back on 5, 10 15 years later or even 5 minutes later and say what the hell were they thinking there and GMs have said they get pressured to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade they feel like, I have to do something. It's deadline day. I have to do something. That's when you see that trade at 12 o'clock, right at the deadline, where, you know, it's it's some guy out and some guy in, and you're like, wait, that trade doesn't make any sense because those are the exact same kind of player. And I, I, I see that, and I go, okay, so that GM felt he had to make a move. He had to sell something to ownership. He had to sell something to his bosses and to the fans and this was the best he could do <laughs> I, I hope the Canucks do better than I think they're going to do I do, I, you know I don't wish them ill or anything I don't think that, that tanking for Jack Hughes makes any realistic sense since the Canucks can't win a lottery but, you know, at the same time if, if the Canucks somehow fell into a position near the bottom of the league and won the draft lottery in 2019 when they've got the draft in Vancouver. Well, first off, that'd be a conspiracy theory right there, right? Oh, yeah, now they finally won a draft lottery because it's in Vancouver. This was all set up. Yeah, they lost three draft lotteries in a row just to get one in Vancouver. But at the same time, if they could get a Jack Hughes, that is exactly what I'm talking about this team needing. They need help on the blue line. They need help in net. But Jack Hughes would give them that dynamic superstar forward Everything that I've read on this kid, everything I've heard about this kid, he is a dynamic superstar forward. The Canucks do not have that. They have some very good players. Besser has the potential to be that. Horvat, ideally, if the Canucks are an excellent team, is the second-line center. That's that's the ideal would be. And I love Horvat. He's one of my favorite players. Um... He's, he's in that top five, and it's hard for me to even figure out who's in that top five now because I've got so many players that I've liked over the last year when I've been watching all 31 teams play hockey. But ideally, you'd have a guy like a Jack Hughes coming in, Horvat at second line, and then just... You know, it's the freedom you get from three years of a guy in an entry-level contract where you don't have to worry about the cap for that guy. 
it, it is that kind of freedom that has helped teams win Stanley Cups in the last 10 years. It's that kind of freedom that, that the Toronto Maple Leafs could use this year with Matthews in the last year of his entry-level contract. The Leafs could use that to bring in a rental at the deadline on the blue line who uh, turns the team from contender into favorite. And there's going to be people who argue they're favorites this year anyways. And I'm, I'm not trying to take that away from them, but I don't think they're there yet. They're close. That's the weird part, you know. People get mad, and yet I'm saying the, the, the Leafs are one of the top teams in the league. I see a hole or two here and there, and people are like, what are you talking? You don't know what you're talking about. Which part? The part where I say that they're one of the four or five teams most likely to win the Cup, or the part where I say the, te- the roster has holes in it? Oh, okay. So, so they won't complain about me saying they're top contenders. And and conversely, I talk a lot about how how excited I am about prospects like Hughes and Patterson, and um, even guys like Cole Lind, Petrus Palmu. Palmu looks fantastic on July fifth. It's fun to watch him play that game, but of course you have to consider the level of competition. The fact that it was just a game between Canucks prospects and it was a no-hitter. And you have to take it all with a grain of salt. It was more an exhibition than a game. really wasn't much of a game at all, but it was still fun. And if, if Paul Moo was actually able to show those kinds of moves in an NHL game, he'll be an NHL player as soon as this fall. I guess I've, just, I've, I've learned over the years to, to wait and see. And not to to jump the gun and say, okay, this this guy has now made a team I cheer for contenders. Even the Bruins. I picked the Bruins to miss the playoffs in 2018. And I'm not sure with 2019. I mean, Toronto's got better. Uh, Tampa looks solid still. And I don't think Tampa's going to fall back. So that, that would put Boston in third right there. And then there's other teams due to bounce back. But again, I I think with the the core of players that Boston's building to replace the core that's aging, I think the Bruins' window of opportunity is upcoming. Not necessarily right now. I hope they are ready to win right now. I just don't know that they are. All right. That's enough of the rambling from me for today. I just wanted to down from the lake here. Talk to you fine people. Before we get on the road and head out today. For anybody who's wondering about recent dramas, I'm done talking about them. That's all finished. Onwards and upwards, as they say. Uh, the channel passed 54,000 subscribers last night, and uh, thanks to all who have supported it on its way up. And uh, I will do everything I can to provide you guys with timely information. And, uh, report on as much as I can (laughs) which of course will never be enough for everybody I'd love to discuss the American League and the East Coast League and you know the Southern Pro League in far more detail and all these other junior leagues all around North America it's not just the the CHL anymore I'd need to cover the US uh, National Teen Development Program or something like that basically the U.S. high school program, which has grown up over the last 20 years into something major. And NCAA, because there there seems to be, whether it's true or not, there seems to be an increasing number of NCAA hockey players 
that are making the NHL. There were always highly sought after, highly thought of NCAA prospects. I'm thinking back to the 80s and early 90s. But a lot of the time they ended up being fringe players or maybe not making the NHL but being close. And now it feels like these guys are are star players in their own right and the NCAA program has come come along very nicely. American programs really have. They've developed some really fantastic players. There seems to be an increasing amount of, of hockey fans. I, I I at least get that feeling that when I'm like yesterday, I'm at Lids in Spokane and uh, ran into somebody who's watched my videos. I'm not sure if he's actually a subscriber, although his name's Brody, so odds are he probably is. I have met a number of Brodies through this channel, so odds are he's probably a subscriber. But the feeling seems to be that that there there there's small, slow increase in hockey's visibility on the south side of the border. Like I found Bruins and Blackhawks jerseys at the mall yesterday. I was all excited until I got over close, and they were fanatics. And I thought, you know, if you're going to bring in fanatics jerseys. Don't bring in Boston and Chicago, because those ones look the worst. But anyways, there you go. There's my story, and I'm sticking to it. From Twin Lakes in Idaho. And then I know Yvonne wants to come back next year, too. You know, I like being at home. I, <laughs> I, honestly, I love being at home. I'm, I'm not so much the traveler that I used to be. I, I love having my setup at home. I just, I enjoy relaxing for a while during a day, and, and when I'm away for, from home, it's it's a hell of a lot harder for me to relax. I know how the scenery looks, but for me, relaxing really isn't a part of the the day's, uh, the, the, the day's routine, because <clears throat> I don't really have one, and not having a routine drives me nuts. I love my routine. Routines are amazing. And, and and I don't I don't have one now. But hey. Thank you guys for all your support. And I do not take for granted that which I have. So watch for uh, upcoming season previews, which I'll get more into when I get home. We don't get home until Tuesday, as I said before. And uh I'm, I'm not going to go in alphabetical order. I'm not going to go in reverse alphabetical. I'm going to go in kind of a scatological order and uh, we'll uh, reveal uh, how you guys voted at the same time as I reveal where I think teams are going to finish. So that, that leaves a nice little competition between myself and the channel. And I'll make my predictions before I see what the channel's final predictions were and I'll live with it. And then at the end of the season, you guys will have all kinds of bragging rights. We were right. Shannon was wrong. I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that's kind of fun. So there's some fun stuff on the way. And uh, thanks for sticking it out with me. I'll talk to you again soon.